Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Kia Wellington. You're listening to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. It's Tuesday, 5.04 p.m. on the 27th of June. I am your host on B-Side Stories today, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. My name's Laura, and I am joined in the studio today by a very special guest, the owner and founder of Switched On Bikes. It's a big Switched On Bikes show. And and bicycles, bicycles in Wellington, because Wellington is, of course, a great biking city. Uh, but I'm joined here by a Switched On Bikes founder, spokesperson, general bike guy, Ryan O'Connell. Hey, Ryan. Hello, Laura. Thank you for welcoming me in here. Thanks for coming into the studio. We should disclose to the audience that Ryan is no, Ryan don't. and I have a personal relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ryan is f- f- always first in my life the founder of Switched On Bikes, but also <laughs> <laughs> my partner uh, for the past seven years. So we like live together and do everything together, and sometimes we're on the radio together. That's right. And where did we meet? Right here in this very Access Radio studio. Ooh, does this feel like a special interview to you, Laura? <laughs> it's special. It's a it's a very special repeat. Um, because that original B side stories interview, um, I must say, I asked much more questions about cargo bikes than I did about Ryan's electric bikes. But we'll remedy all that now. We can make that right now. Because uh, because Switched On Bikes is all about electric bikes and guided tours and making a lot of people enjoy Wellington on two wheels. So uh, w- why don't you start off, Ryan, by just saying what Switched On Bikes is, where people can find it, you know, what's the deal? What's your business? Sure. Cool. Uh, so uh, Switched On Bikes uh, has been around since 2015 and we operate from Queen's Wharf on the Wellington waterfront. Uh, we have a lot of bikes and so what we do is we hire them out um, hour by hour um, from Queen's Wharf on the on the Wellington waterfront. Um, so that's bike rental. Uh, we do guided tours for mostly international visitors to Wellington. Um, we also do run an e-bike leasing program called Subscribe to Ride, uh, and we develop e-bike GPS trackers as well, plus a few more things. We also import bikes, mostly all about getting people riding around Wellington um, on an e-bike or any bike. Yay. Um, how long has it been around? Uh, since 2015 is when we first is when I first started it, uh, and that was from a, um, a Wellington City Council uh, funded uh, climate challenge, um, and so they were putting out for ideas on um, how to make um, good uh, impact for the environment in Wellington, and so. Um, uh, I entered that with a with the help of a friend Sophia um, and put in an application and went through the program and then the the business started. Yeah, 
Why did you start a, an e-bike business? I started it because I was interested. I traveled quite a bit and I loved traveling. And I always thought that a bike was a great place to get around a city and to see a city with a, uh, with a, with a different kind of view. You can travel quite far, quite far fast and um, you can kind of see a local's point of view um, and uh, I've always loved riding bikes. I actually thought about starting a motorcycle tour business um, but it didn't quite sit well with and uh, well enough with me in terms of sustainability um, and I, I really kind of wanted to make do something uh, positive with a with a business because when you run a business you put absolutely everything into it all of your spare thoughts that you have any spare moment in your life is always just spent thinking about your business so I wanted it to be something that I really felt good about doing and uh, and bikes do that and e-bikes do that uh, much more than motorcycles that I was thinking about mm. prior and you had a a little bit of business business experience um, running, you know, little pickup businesses with vans and stuff. Do you want to talk about that? Like, what what's your, I guess, um, serial entrepreneur resume look like? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so my my father ran a secondhand store when I was a kid. Um, so I kind of grew up um, with him buying and selling things, and I was, you know, delivering furniture. Uh, for him in the truck and helping out at the shop from when I was from when I was little, so I always kind of had an idea that I'd quite like to run a business. And um, and then as, so as soon as I became a student, I thought I could move furniture in my van. Um, so I did. So I did that, uh, and uh, that worked out really well. Um, just a, a, a small business, um, and then I also I actually started a um, a van rental business, which is like escape rentals or wicked rentals but a tiny little version of those before they started actually where were you in Dunedin that was at Otago University um, and I would rent out a couple of vans that I had to international travelers um, but throughout that running that business I became uh, I became concerned that I was making money just out of encouraging people to use motor vehicles so I felt uh, a bit uncomfortable about that so uh, you know, a few years forward, probably about 10, 10 or so years forward, um, working with bikes uh, made me feel pretty good. I was like, yep, I can, I'm happy to spend all of my, all of my waking time thinking about this. And renting bikes, I, I've always noticed that little parallel of renting, you had that mini business renting vans and then you ended up renting bikes was there some crossover skills there or, or um did do you see those as similar or was it kind of like starting over when you went from that rental van idea um through life and then eventually came back around to a rental bike idea um i i really think that the the biggest thing i got from it was realizing that i that I only wanted to run a business if I was super passionate about it. So that was the main thing that I got from it. It was still, uh, it was you know work, working with international visitors to um, to New Zealand, which were, which so that that's similar as well. Um, but yeah, that the the real key takeaway was like if I'm going to run a business, it needs to be something I'm I, I 
love and feel really good about. So that was the main learning. I think it was a really significant learning as well. I didn't run another business for for a number of years after that one because I was like, I only want to do um, something that I can put everything into. Yeah. Um, do you want to say a little bit more about how you've incorporated other values into the running of the business? You've got so is that eight years of switched on bikes? Eight, That's if right. I calculate correctly, if yeah, I count yeah. my years from twenty fifteen. Yeah, well done. Real good at maths. <laughs> Counted those correctly. Eight years of switched on bikes. That's um amazing for a small business to hang on and, and grow over that period of time. And you've got all these other values that you sort of um have uh, like living wage employer and carbon mm. neutral and stuff like that. Uh, do you want to say more about what you've done um, to make switched on bikes align with, I guess, the, the things that you care about? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so environmental sustainability is probably the the key the key thing that I've put quite a lot of work into, and the and everyone who has worked at switched on bikes has contributed to that as well. Um, so. Uh, yeah, sustainability was was just kind of part and parcel of 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 just running a business. Um, that that that's what I I just always wanted it to be sustainable. So every decision that I make in the business is is has comes through a sustainability um, viewpoint. Um, and I uh, during COVID um, I decided that I wanted to. Uh, kind of get those things certified. So we'd kind of done a lot of things in the background, but had never been. Uh, nobody had ever double checked what the decisions that that I was making and whether they were working. So we became uh, certified climate positive, which means uh, through ECOS and our, that's our business operation. So that means that they they double check our accounting to to see um, what's the what are the carbon emissions related to. Um, and, and uh, and then we offset um, any carbon emissions that we weren't able to uh, to reduce. And uh, it, there was a cool it was a cool thing to go through because it it meant that we got a baseline. And and that was something that I didn't think about before getting certified was that we have a baseline. So that means that as we as it as the business grows, uh, we can make sure that we don't increase our uh, carbon emissions. Um, uh, too much, um, or or if we do, then we or if we have to increase them, then we can offset them. Um, and then you know that uh, as well. There's there's also lots of other small things that um, that we do throughout the bus- throughout the business in terms of dealing with dealing with any waste that we might have, or trying to avoid bringing uh, products into the business which which generate waste, um, and uh, asking questions of our suppliers of of um, products that we that we would rather were packaged in a different way, for example. Um, yeah. So, is there a lot of waste that comes from running a bike business? Uh, I th- it's there are there are some things which are really uh, hard to deal with. Um, so, um, tires are difficult to deal with, and uh, tubes can be difficult to deal with. Most of the other um, parts on a bike can be recycled, um, or uh, and and so so tires and tubes are the are the difficult things. So uh, we we've come up with some um, some solutions by by giving them to uh, people who make things out of those uh, products that we can't use anymore. Um, Creative uh, artists. 
yeah. Kind, of, kind of vibes. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, people in Wellington who who repurpose a a, um, a used tire into a um, into a belt, for example. So there's a cool organisation called Reworn, um, and uh, they take uh, some of our tubes and uh, tires, and then you know they'll they'll make a cool a cool belt out of it. And um, and uh, uh, my understanding of their organisation is they provide employment to people who might find barriers to to um, uh, to, to employment. So it's a it's a cool project. Um, and then as part of that, we actually pay them to pick up um, our the tires and tubes. So rather than us just um, uh, kind of giving it to them, we're actually saying, well, actually, this is a waste product from us. We should there should be value attached to that, um, and so we pay them to um, to take it away. Nice. Um, are you? Do you do living wage? You're still a living wage employer. Yes, that's yes. right. Yes, we are. Okay. So so that was another thing that we kind of had always done. Would always um, I think we'd always paid over the um, the living wage or at least the living wage. Um, uh, but it was we wanted to kind of. Um, be certified in that as well just to prove that we did it and it also makes it easier to talk about these things when you get certified as well um and uh so yep we're a, we're a certified living wage employer what a great place to work that's right <laughs> <laughs> and if you do want to work at switched on bikes we have a workshop manager role going at the moment <laughs> yeah, so recru- recruitment uh, on there. there is recruitment yeah check out the website um, what did switched on bikes look like back, cast your mind back to 2015 when it was, um, a, a brand new business that you and Sophia, um, ch- chipped in to, to do all the ideas for and form. What did it look like back then? So we shared a, a, a space at the sustainability trust. Um, so we just had a couple of bikes within the, uh, within the showroom uh, down on Tory Street, um, and uh, people, we'd had I think I had five bikes to begin with, um, and then people would book online, and then I would come down and meet them there at a particular time, and they would they would rent out their bikes. Uh, quite quickly after that, I found a um, a space on the Wellington waterfront that was a bedroom for the helicopter pilots at Wellington Helicopters, mm. and. Uh, uh, I said, please, can I turn this bedroom in the helicopter hangar into a bike shop? And uh, I calculated that I could fit 13 bikes in there. So there was room for growth from five to 13. Um, so in that little space, there were bikes bikes crammed on the floor and also bikes hanging from the ceiling. Um, and that, that worked quite that worked quite well for um for a little while, and we became friends with um, with them, and they were they were willing to uh, let us store some bikes in their uh, in their helicopter hangar, and we kind of expanded um, expanded from there until there was an earthquake. So hmm. there was the Kokoda earthquake. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. And that damaged our the the shop, and so we had to operate out of a uh, temporary shipping container that was placed on the waterfront. Um, uh, and I think we were in there for a year or a year and a half, um, which was really tough. It was tough for me, and it was tough for the people who were working um, at the business as well, because it was just a steel shipping container. Open up the doors, um, and then there there were the bikes. Um, so it was kind of remarkable that we managed to continue to work and run the business over that uh, over that time, um, but it, but it, it did, and it and we managed to grow it over that time as well. Wow! How many staff? 
back then? Uh, back then there were, I think it was me and two other, two other people. Oh yeah. Yep. So, uh, and were they tour guides? I know that running tours for international tourists has been kind of a, a part of what Switched On Bikes does. Were the, were those the early employees, were the tour guides? Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. Um, but also, uh, also uh, mechanics as well. So um, sometimes we had people who were really good at fixing bikes but didn't want to run guided tours. And um, and we often, we often have people who are good tour guides um, might not want to spend their time fixing bikes. So, um, yeah, there's always been a mix of, of people with those kind of interests in the store. Yeah. Do you have to be a tour guide and a bike mechanic as well? Myself? Yeah. Uh, yes, I do my best at both of those at both of those things when I'm required. But um, my my philosophy in business has always been to try and employ people who are better than me at what I do. So I think that um, currently our our tour guides are much better at being tour guides than I could ever be, and um, our mechanics are much better mechanics than I could ever be. And I quite like it like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Right. So. It, it is quite focused um, on visitors, visitors to Wellington. Is that, would you say, that's mainly who's coming and getting e-bikes? It was uh, mostly focused on visitors to Wellington um, pre-COVID, although we always ran winter specials um, and that, that really got the locals in. And we've always had locals coming in on the weekend and, and hiring bikes from us just for a nice uh, a nice activity to bring the family down and have a cruise on the waterfront. Uh, uh, but particularly during COVID, um, all of the international visitors stopped, hmm. of course. Um, and so uh, I, I thought, holy moly, what are we what are we going to do just yeah. before the first lockdown? Um, and uh, so I thought, well, we're going to have all these bikes that these e-bikes, which are just going to sit in storage over that first lockdown and we didn't know how long that was going to be so I thought well I'll put a I'll put a, um, a notice on Facebook and say uh, would anybody like a bike for a a month or the duration of the first lockdown um, and then within uh, 24 hours all of our bikes um, that we had uh, were picked up by people who wanted to keep them keep them over um, over lockdown and this was um, and so these are all of course local people or people who are at least going to stay in Wellington over that time um, and and that was I think that was probably about 30 to 40 e-bikes that we managed to get out to locals over that over that time and that was kind of before we understood how um, how it was all going to work so yeah. at, at that point we kind of had it a couple of days before the first lock, lock, lockdown before we were locked down yeah. Um, and so that was the beginning of of um, the idea of um, of subscribe to ride. It became um, that that's what I, I named the program, which is an electric bike leasing program. Um, and the work uh, and so I've really tried to um, double down on that and and focus on that. So um, and really that was to replace all of the guided tours that we did for international visitors um, into an e-bike leasing program for uh, for Wellington commuters and that's a really big part of the of the business now yeah how big is subscribe to ride now 
So over summer, we this past summer, we had 75 electric bikes that were leased out to Wellington commuters. Um, some people return their bikes over um, over the winter time, so it's down from that a little bit. But um, uh, next summer, we're aiming for 100 bikes out to out to locals. Wow. And those are people replacing what? What kind of are they taking the e-bike instead of the bus or instead of a personal car? Yeah, I mean everybody's got their own their own reasons for for doing it. Um, but I, I think that a lot of people are, um, are replacing car journeys with those with those bikes that they're leasing from us. Um, so it feels like a really cool thing to be to be doing, um, and and really you know values aligned with with what the business is about. Yeah, and possibly people are replacing their like push bike ordinary push bike journeys with e bike journeys. Yep. But I can attest to the fact that once you have an e-bike, every journey becomes an e-bike journey because, you know, you don't, there's never a reason to get in the car or <laughs> um, it doesn't matter how far you need to go. It's part of the fun is riding the e-bike. Yeah, yeah. And I think for most people, it replaces uh, it replaces some of their car journeys. Like some people will replace their car in its entirety, but most people will still have a car or access to a car, and then they will they'll replace more of their journeys because they have an electric bike, um, and and that's kind of the same when people are moving from a regular bike to an e-bike, um, or they're adding an e-bike um, into their transport options. Um, they can they can leave the car at home more when they have the option of riding an e-bike. If mm-hmm. the wind is if the wind is uh, is picking up around Wellington, it's pretty easy and pretty fun to just jump on an e-bike and hoon around the bays or do your commute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, brilliant. So lots of people subscribing to ride your e-bikes. Um, how about the return of international visitors? How's that going? Uh, yeah, it, it, for for us it went uh it got really busy really quickly again. Uh, so um, everybody in the tourism sector was talking about um, a slow return of international visitors um, and we should expect a slow return to our of visitors to our business as well. Um, but it wasn't like that at all. We had um, twice the number of, uh, of tourist visitors uh, visitors coming in and um, hiring bikes from us over this past summer than we wow. did pre-COVID. Um, so, uh, yes, it was a it was a, a busy old time, and it it kind of took us by surprise a lot. We were we really were waiting for that kind of slow return, but um, uh, but it was suddenly very very busy again. Wow. Um, but during the time of that of of COVID, because I was. Um, and the team were working on um, building the subscribe to ride the e-bike leasing fleet. We actually had um, more bikes available for visitors to um, to jump on as well. So we we kind of use use the use the bikes both. You know, e- each bike could be used for a visitor, or it could be used for a, for a Wellingtonian getting around. I will be. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit of a tricky question about international visitors because it's so you've you've put sustainability really at the heart, at the core of what Switched On Bikes is all about and incorporated that into different parts of the business. And then a lot, your core customer base, at least pre-COVID and now returning with a vengeance um, after COVID times is international visitors. 
Uh, how does that balance with your sustainability values? Um, what do you think, international tourists? Is that like, is that a great thing for carbon emissions and climate change, or what, what's going on there? Yeah, it's a big, it's a big challenge. Um, and and so the way that, and I've, I've thought about this, I've thought about it a lot because you know, working in tourism and being interested in sustainability, of course, as you as you mentioned, it, it can be tricky. So the the way what what I think is is that what we're doing is providing people a sustainable transport option. Um, and sustainable activity while they're visiting Wellington. And if uh, switched on bikes decided to not participate in tourism, um, there wouldn't be any less arrivals into New Zealand. So um, I feel like we're doing the right the right thing to, by providing people a, a sustainable transport option. And um, it was also said to me recently um, uh that tourism isn't the only industry with problems. Um, and so every industry, including tourism, needs to um, make significant changes to their um, to to what they do. Um, uh, so uh, I think it's good just to just to keep to keep that in mind. Um, every industry needs to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, what about flights? So it's all about flights. That's the problem with tourism, isn't it? People fly in from far away, and then they fly around the country. Yep, so, that's right. I don't know. Have you done Have you done any thinking about how to resolve that, or have you got an opinion on uh, what's the future of flying, or do we just have to upend the system and get those electric planes out there? Uh, yeah, um, I, I think I think that for, uh, with individuals making decisions, they can choose to um, to holiday closer to home and so that's something as with New Zealand being a long-haul destination from uh, from lots of countries we have to be aware that there may be um, a, a decrease in international visitors if uh, if people choose to holiday closer to home however that's not happening so uh, and, and maybe and you know it probably should be happening but the numbers say that it's not happening. There mm. are still a lot of people very interested in taking a, um, a long-haul flight to New Zealand. So, because, um, because it's quite fun to travel. Because it's quite fun to travel, that's right. Yeah, so so I think that a lot of people are making uh, a, a much more willing to make smaller changes within their life, but their mm. holiday is a luxury. It's kind of a luxury thing to do, and um, some people are changing um, their their holiday options because of sustainability um, but I think what most people what most people really are doing are, are just uh, adapting what they are doing so they will try and take this the more sustainable option if it's available but that might change you know in five or ten years um, time or, or sooner than that um, as um, uh, as people get older and the people who are really yelling about climate change become the people who are choosing whether to take international flights or not it might that might change. Um, if it changes, that's fine. I'll I'll deal with it. I, yeah. I would I would much rather have a healthy planet to live in than have a uh, have a, a a business that relies upon international yeah. tourism. Well, that's a good attitude. Um, I'm gonna take a give us a quick break. I'm gonna play a song. Uh, this is a Flowbot song. It's called Handlebars. Ryan picked it because it's a bike song. I have a whole playlist of bike songs, bike songs. So, so it comes from there. Um, but when we come back, I want to ask you more about um, 
biking in Wellington in general? And also, what is up with those GPS trackers that you mentioned? How could I not talk about those? So um, let's listen to a quick song, have a break, and we'll be back shortly on Wellington Access Radio. Look at me, look at me, hands in the air like it's good to be alive. And I'm a famous rapper, even when the paths are all crooked. I can show you how to do si do. I can show you how to scratch a record. I can take apart the remote control, and I can almost put it back together. I can tie a knot in a cherry stem. I can tell you about Lee Ferrickson. I know all the words to De Colores, and I'm proud to be an American. Me and my friend saw a platypus. Me and my friend made a comic book. And guess how long it took? I can't do anything that I want, cause look, I can keep rhythm with no metronome. No metronome, no metronome And I can see your face on the telephone On the telephone, on the telephone Look at me, look at me Just called to say that it's good to be alive In such a small world, I'm all curled up with a book to read I can make money, open up a thrift store I can make a living off a magazine I can design an engine 64 miles to a gallon of gasoline I can make new antibiotics I can make computers survive aquatic conditions I know how to run a business And I can make you want to buy a product Movers, shakers, and producers Me and my friends understand the future I see the strings that control the system I can do anything with no resistance Cause I can lead a nation with a microphone with a microphone, with a microphone And I can split the atom of a molecule Of a molecule, of a molecule Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. You're back in the studio with Laura and Ryan of Switched On Bikes. Did I say this is B-Side Stories? I think you did. I did. not, it's B-Side Stories. It's B-Side Stories. Stories of the people who make Wellington tick. Welcome back to the studio. We're talking bikes today, e-bikes, tourism, small businesses, and... Um, Regular bikes, too. Regular bikes, they're real cool. Regular bikes? Yeah. Do you have something to say about regular bikes? I can tell you about regular bikes because the name of our business is Switched On Bikes and uh, so people think that it's just electric bikes. But I love regular bikes 
What kind? I've, all of them. All, all of them. them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're so good. You know, e-bikes are a great sustainable transport option, but a regular bike is an even more sustainable transport option. So if you love riding your regular bike, I am not going to encourage you to get an e-bike for the sake of it just because I think that they're fun. You know, Who, keep riding your regular bike if you're into it. Who's getting e-bikes? Oh, anyone, every everyone, yeah. Um, is it is it kind of like fancy older ladies? Fancy older ladies. Uh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely fancy older older ladies who come and who come and get bikes from us. That's Absolutely. Who I see. Um yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, you might see them all hooning down the waterfront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's us. We've we've given them those bikes. Um, no, it, it's it's a real diverse range. Um, but of people, um, when when I when we first started, um, there were definitely a lot of um, the people who would naturally come and hire bikes from us uh, would be at you know retirement age or somewhere around there. Um, but it's really different now. In our in our subscribe to ride e-bike leasing program i think that it is uh slightly more women than men um and it they and it is uh but only just and it is people probably mostly between well mid mid 30s to mid 50s would would be the people who who are leasing bikes from us um so they are they are they're commuting to work on their on their bike. That's what they're using it for. Hmm. Um, and uh, and the you know these are usually people who could ride a regular bike, but they want just to get to the office fast uh, and to make it really easy. So that's why it's just a, a very smart um, transport solution from them to get to get from A to B. Yep, and maybe they live on a big hill. Maybe they do. Yeah, or maybe they don't want to ride around the the bays and get. And get sweaty, or um, or they want to know exactly how long it's going to take them to get to work, not how long it's going to take them to get to work. Wind dependent, you know. Yeah. If there's a headwind or a tailwind, and you're on a regular bike, it makes quite a big difference to your commute time. But a lot of people just want to get to work, and they want to know they want to, they want to leave at ten past eight, and they want to get there at eight thirty. So an e-bike's really great for that. Yes. How is the infrastructure for biking in Wellington? It is getting better. Yeah. Yes. And so, so um, uh, we when when people come and hire a bike from us, um, we give them a really great route to ride around the bays, and we have different routes to show people depending on their um, on their their confidence level of riding a bike. But in terms of commuting in Wellington, um, it it's uh, some of it's really good, and um, some of it's not so good. Um, but there's a lot of Really cool stuff that's um, that's happening at the at the moment. Um, for us, the 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 great bike, um, the great piece of bike infrastructure uh, is um, around the bays. You know that that is just so good, and they're just yet to complete a, a final section of that. But they've got a really lovely bike path and a walking path there, and you know walkers are separated from. Well, bikers are separated from walkers, and cars are separated from bikers, bikes, and it's just, it's just dreamy to ride around there. Yeah, and so um, beautiful. Yeah, and so beautiful as well. Um, and I think that they're just about to um, put in the um, the bike lane down um, Kent and Cambridge Terrace, um, which will then connect to the Newtown, uh, the Newtown stuff, and eventually mm. Barrenpore. So you know, when that when that happens, that'll be really cool as well. So. Um, 
it's it's they're, they're making a lot of changes I'd love it to go to go quicker um, but the infrastructure that that they are putting in is is pretty good nice um, and then we'll all be riding is that is that the idea yeah let's all get let's all get riding um, if you don't <laughs> want to ride take the bus yeah you don't want to take the bus and you live close by maybe you should Maybe you can just walk. Maybe you can just There's walk. There's really cool ways to get around in, in Wellington, you know, um, and sustainable ways to get around as well. Um, and uh, driving's no fun, but riding bikes is, is a lot of fun. Do you think that Wellington City is, at least the urban centre, there's a bit of a war on cars? Like they're making it harder on purpose for people to find parking, for example. Um, well, I mean, we have to make some significant changes um, to our city and to respond to the to the climate crisis, um, and also encouraging people to to take active modes as well. So, um, and you know, the thing that we are that we are sacrificing is um, a car being parked on the side of the of the street. Um, you know, that's that's often kind of what we're what we're sacrificing. So, um, and. And I and I reckon it's I reckon it's worth it. Um, uh, and when we do that, we need to um, to put uh, good alternatives for for um, people. So if you're not going to have car parks, you've got to be able to provide good public transport for people to get around. Um, uh, and then have programs like like our e-bike leasing program as well, where you can you know choose to to lease an electric bike um, uh, if you if you want to. If that's your if that's your chosen form of transport so um there needs to be there needs to be choices but um uh, yeah yep that's a very diplomatic answer i'm sorry i even asked that question because i hate that framing that like antagonistic mm. like like car, cars against bikes or like pedestrians yeah. against bikes yeah. because I've, it's not it's really just like creating a space for every person like Honestly, when there's a bike lane, the cars have it so much better because the bikes aren't trying to ride in traffic. Like, everyone's safer. Everyone has a better space to be. And, yeah, there's a bit less space for cars, but you're actually giving better options for people to choose safe options. Anyway, I like yeah, I like the, I, that that framing of it a lot better than, like, like some sort of zero-sum game where pe- mm. if, if somebody wins, uh, if somebody has infrastructure for a bike, then other people are missing mm. out. Yeah, I was thinking thinking that as I was I was riding around the bays, bays today. I'm like, you know, because uh, because I'm on a bicycle, that means that there is one less car, and so you know, um, I think it's just good. It's good to remember that you know when uh, if there's um, that's that's one less. If you're in a car, that's one less car in front of you that you have to wait for that's one less car in the traffic jam yeah um so you're one uh, because of that rider that you then you're one car closer to your destination yeah um and it's uh and as you say like it, when you when you have proper bike infrastructure it's so nice because the cars can just when you're when you're driving and um the the cars can just roll on by it's no there's no stress about trying to um pass a rider safely if you've got if the cars have got a lane they can just carry on by and the bikes can do their own things so completely yeah. completely um what would you like to say something about accessibility the you know not everyone can ride a, a push bike sure. not, not yeah. everyone can ride yeah. an e-bike 
Yeah. Um, what? How important is it, or like, what kind of principles do we need in place to make sure that every kind of person has access to every great thing that Wellington has to offer? Um, yeah. Well, I th I think that uh, if you have um, less, if you have less cars on the road. Um, uh, but provide access for people um, in vehicles who need it. It makes it easier for those people in vehicles to get from A to B because they don't have to wait and they don't have to wait in traffic or, or what have you. And then that's um, uh, and also um, you know public transport um, is is quite accessible. Um, uh, and then things that are that are you know we for for what we do we know that every, not everyone can ride um, can ride bikes. Um, uh, so we do to to increase the number of people who we can um, work with. Then we have a we have an electric trike, for example. Um, so if people can't quite um, balance on two wheels or are a little less confident on that, then they can jump on a um, on an e trike to um, to to get around too. And and e bikes themselves are a, um, are a, uh, are a good accessible. Um, uh, transport option for some for some people, you know, it's not accessible for everybody. To be able to ride up a ride up a steep hill on a um, on a regular bike, but they might but they might be able to do it on a um, on an electric bike. Um, and you know, all of the all of the submissions that that go in through the city council about um, uh, about bike lanes, all you know, there's a there's usually questions about about accessibility in there as well. So um, uh, I think it's a really important thing to keep in mind as you do make infrastructure changes. Um, I see a lot of people with visible disabilities um, are actually walking in Wellington. That's my observation of the day. Mm. <laughs> Is And um, it, I've been away from the city for a while, so as I've come back, I that's a thing that I see and I'm thinking, hold on, you know, Wellington's a walking city. This isn't like cars. These cars aren't like... Not everyone is in a car. A lot of people with disabilities are actually walking around, and that's really important too. And having like low speeds and um, great footpaths and like walking infrastructure as well—that's mm. a huge. That must be huge for accessibility. Yeah, and and I th I think that that as as bike riders, uh, we also need to think about the impact of bike riders upon people who use shared paths. Um, as well, so um, uh, and and because you can you can ride quite fast on the on the shared paths if you if you choose to, but um, uh, I think it it's it's good to remember that um, that when you're riding on the shared paths, take it take it a little bit slow because it might it might be um, uh, make it hard when riders are whizzing by you, and that's and the, so that's that's part of the of good good bike infrastructure and good city. Um, Planning is when you can have a space for people to um, to walk um, comfortably, and then you have a space for um, for people to ride their bikes, and they're going to be going faster than the walkers, mm. and then and then places for people to drive as well. Um, and you do that where you where you can. Um, so yeah, good good quality infrastructure I think helps everybody. Yeah, our um, flatmates just came back from a trip to Japan and they had this observation about seeing um, people in densely populated cities like thousands of bikes, thousands of pedestrians, all just mixing and crossing and everyone's going slow and everyone's just getting where they need to go. Uh, I really liked that as like sort of a vision of how a city could work, you know, very, very few cars, 
lots of people just getting where they need to go slowly, respectfully, and like you know, using the mode that's best for them, I guess. That's that's right. I think it. I think that's probably a, a, a symptom of a very, very densely populated um, uh, city. So I think that we're quite far from that. But we it's are. but it's but it's <laughs> that's but not it's, Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, you could just remove all the rules and just like let everyone go for it and see how we go. Um, and 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 I think that that's kind of like I think you can you can see that kind of. Uh, idea happening in slow zones and shared uh, shared spaces. Um, yeah. So that and and I think along the Golden Mile that kind of thing will happen more, where you have you know um, you know you probably have courier courier vehicles being able to access a road and and walkers and bikers, but not normal fast moving uh, traffic and all of those people um, because it's shared and because it's slow, will just have to respect everyone else. Yeah. I mean, maybe we have little glimpses of that in Wellington, busy waterfront days where people are just kind of meandering and, you know, you, you know, that's a slow zone. You're not going to go there if you're in a rush. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the waterfront is really is really interesting. So, maybe that's but, a bit contentious, but, the waterfront. Well, I mean, the thing with the waterfront is that when you look at it, it's it looks like it's designed as a fast area and people do use it to commute um, you know, to to actually slow people down on those shared areas, you you need to have uh, you don't want a perfectly flat, smooth surface. You want to have some some cobbles on there, um, and you you want to have um, you know ramps that will go up and down. If you just have a straight, flat piece of tarmac, that really encourages people to to go fast. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I think there's lots of potential for the waterfront to be a really great slow shared. Um, shared space, um, which which is is um, uh, you know the, there's a cycle Wellington and advocacy group has a has a campaign that they have just uh, launched um, that's that I think is called Keys Please uh, and that's to um, to take some of the the fast riders off the off the Wellington waterfront and then um, and then put them on the first lane of the of the keys and the, and then make that make that that first lane a, a safe. Uh, place for people to ride and to ride fast to get from A to B to and from work yeah. quickly and leave, leave the waterfront for more recreational use, which I think is a um, is a cool idea. Um, I think maybe they're including public transport in that idea for that first lane as well. Is bike theft a problem in Wellington? Bike theft? Um, uh, yes, I was just talking to an insurance uh, person today, and apparently Christchurch is really bad, worse than worse than Wellington at the mo- at the moment. Oh dear. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yes, it is. Uh, it it it's really hard to get uh, accurate data on how many bikes are stolen um, in Wellington. But um, there there was a big operation a while ago where they um, seized, I think, a, a forty foot shipping container full of bikes and e-bikes so um but then they caught those they caught those those people so um uh yeah i think just like any any city you have to be careful of your of your bike of your bike security so um uh there's some pretty simple things you can you can do so um, the first one is getting a good quality lock um to lock up your bike so a a folding lock um, or a D-lock or a U-lock um, is a really good thing to do. The second thing is to, if you're, if it's an e-bike, is to uh, make sure you've got insurance for that or if it's a higher value regular bike too. 
Um, and then the third thing is, in, is if it's an e-bike, install one of our GPS trackers. Tell me more. <laughs> so we are we have about we have about three minutes left in the show. So cool. elevator pitch. What is this GPS tracker? Great. So we have a uh, of course we have an extensive e-bike rental fleet on the Wellington waterfront, um, and there was no. GPS tracking solution for e-bikes to run off the batteries. So um, uh, Eric and I, Eric is a, um, an, uh, was an employee and now a business partner in, in the GPS trackers, um, uh, we um, decided to, to um, develop an e-bike GPS tracker that's connected through the drive unit of the bike into the battery um, so you can open up your app on your phone, see where you are and see exactly where your e-bike is and it uses true GPS um, on that. So it's a really great uh, piece of tech which gives you peace of mind. Um, and uh, we've just rebranded, it's called Follow, F-O-L-L-O. Follow, how can people find out more about Follow? Go to follow.nz, F-O-L-L-O.nz. F-O-L-L-O. Is that going to be hard for me to spell and remember? No, I think you nailed it, Laura. Well done. <laughs> Do I have to pay for this advertising? <laughs> no. Um, great. So sounds like bikes, e-bikes, bicycle tourism, it's all going up in Wellington. We're, we're shooting for the stars. What do you reckon? Switched on bikes, going from strength to strength. What's the future of the business? The future of the business is is uh, increasing the number of people who we have uh, s- knowing that subscribe to ride exists um, so we can um, so we can get them on an e-bike for their for their commute in Wellington um, uh, that's that's where I think the the growth of the business is and that's what I'm really excited about nice thank you Ryan O'Connell founder of switched on bikes Thank you, LB. We've managed once more to have a very unromantic conversation um, on B side stories. Them. Lucky for them. <laughs> um, but you know, there's romance in bikes always. But maybe you want to go out for dinner with me. <laughs> That's great. Let's I'm inviting do- you on a date. Let's go. <laughs> I accept. Um, and we'll see you next week on B side stories. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.